Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Ah, what's mummified my persons? This is Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, here with some exciting news from the world of museums. Uh, New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art and the University of Chicago's Oriental Institute have adopted the term mummified remains and mummified persons to refer to mummies. So we're good, everybody. Finally, the, the long problem of people not respecting mummies is over. Uh, we, we did it, everybody. I just, I know there's a lot of activists out there in the streets who have been fighting for mummy rights for a long time, and I just wanted to let you all know it was all worth it. Jeff May, how do you feel about mummified persons? I'm calling them mummies, and yeah. I don't care. <laughs> let the woke mob come for me. Mm-hmm. All right. They are mummies. They've always been mummies. I'm not. Are they going to go back and change the classic horror film to no. the mummified person? Absolutely not. <laughs> Nonsense. Is it the like, M word now? Yeah. Horrible. If anyone ever calls it a mummified person to me, I am I am going to read from the Book of the Dead. And I know from the movie The Mummy how badly that can go. I would give somebody a DDT. Mm-hmm. If somebody was just like, um, uh, do you mean mummified persons? I would immediately just Jake the Snake Roberts DDT them into the ground. Now, I know you're talking about a martial arts term, but I assumed you were talking about the pesticide that was made famous in the book Silent Spring. And (laughs) now I assume that you always carry a full canister of DDT on you at all times. Yeah, I got to take, I got to fight malaria. No, I would say martial arts term is, that's loose. I would Mm -hmm. say a professional wrestling term. That's where you put somebody in sort of like a, like a headlockish kind of a thing here. And then you just kind of catapult the top of their head into the ground. Well, that wrestling is the only martial art I respect. Um, so there. Yeah, it's the only one Jeff. you can do while you're dressed like a like a garbage man or a yeah. clown. <laughs> Jeff, this is Behind the Bastards. It's a podcast about, you know, people who aren't great um, in, in history. Speaking of which, today, our subject in part two is still Nikolai Ceausescu. How are you feeling about Nikki as we as we go into to part two. We love a bastard Nick on this show mm-hmm. with, with, mm-hmm. with you and I together here. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's something. 
He's some. He's something. All right. He's he's he earned the name. Uh, I know we were building up to it last episode. It's fun to see that it's going to build up to the crescendo that we're going to see here. There was a lot of a lot of background last episode. Yeah, got, got to you got to cover the background. Um, yeah. the the you know it's kind of like how if you really want to understand the humanity of a mummified person, you have to understand. I'm their sorry. Background. What did you say? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Also, so, side note here that the Chicago studies, what was mm-hmm. the name of the place? The Chicago the place? Chicago Institute of Oriental Studies, something like that. Is that? Is no, that still, no, no. Can we still I, say that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's referring to the region. I, I, I know I get yeah, it. It, just, it seems yeah. like it's a weighted word. Okay. You know what? That's you do kind of, you do kind of want to know when they started calling it that and like, yeah, I wonder, I wonder Chicago anyway. Whatever. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. You know who's not fine? Marshall Antonescu. So (laughs) (laughs) this guy winds up, and again, Marshall Antonescu, he's this interesting character because he's ideologically, he is not a guy who is particularly interested in fascism, um, but he winds up in bed with these fascists and becomes like one of the worst of them uh, in terms of like his actual death toll. Forrest Gump of fascism. Yeah, it's weird. He's he's a, he's he's a fascinating figure because he's of how, Gump. how yeah, <laughs> he's the Forrest Gump of of uh of the Axis powers. So, under Antonescu, uh, Romania again when kind of, you know, there's this whole World War thing that starts up again. And the last time Romania had gone with uh, you know, Britain, France, Russia uh and 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 sided with them and it had gone terribly for Romania, right? The war kind of ends and they get some land, but they don't do well. All of their oil fields are lit on fire. All of their young men get killed. Um, And under Antonescu, they're going to back the opposite side in the next world war. And you know what, Jeff? It doesn't go well for them either. World wars, not a good call for Romania. Yeah, they're not, they're not the champions of world wars. No, it only really goes well for us in Switzerland. But, um, you know, that's a story for another day. So Romania, uh, and again, kind of the reason Antonescu sides with the Nazis, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. But one of the big ones is that he wants to get back Bessarabia, which it, based on the treaty that the Nazis had signed with the Soviets, the Soviets got to take from Romania just a little bit earlier. So the Romanians side with the Nazis, who had agreed to give up this territory that now the Nazis are saying, hey, if you side with us, you can get this territory back, which may seem like a shitty deal to you. Um, maybe not trustworthy of the Nazis. I know this is going to like blow a lot of people's minds. Yeah, Historically that- <laughs> speaking, this is really going to cause some people's tops mm-hmm. to pop here. Yeah, wild stuff. So Romanian troops fight alongside the Nazis during Operation Barbarossa, which works really well for a little while, right? For, for There's a couple of months there where it seems like, hey, maybe a good call back in the Nazis. We're taking a lot of territory. Romania's suddenly much bigger. What a cool time. Um, so it goes really well for a little while. But then the bulk of Antonescu's military, the pride of Romania's army, a huge chunk of their young male population, winds up in a in an interesting position they are put watching the flanks of the german i believe it's the 6th army as it encircles stalingrad now jeff <laughs> i have 
How do you I think, think we that's all know go where this is him? going, right? Yeah. Like, How do you think that's going to play out? <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Stalingrad, but yeah. it's pretty well known as far yeah. as battles go. It's in like, I would say as far as battles go, that's a top three historically. That's probably, yeah, probably a top three. Very yeah. fair. Yeah. And if you're going to pick a position to be in in World War II, there's a lot of bad ones. Sure. But one of the worst is watching the flanks of the German army as they encircle yeah. Stalingrad. Trying, Hard to tr- get much worse than that. Trying to get famed sniper Ed Harrison to take out <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law is fucking running roughshod over these yeah. Romanians. Um, it, it doesn't go well for them. Uh, Romanian military gets its ass handed to them shortly before the German military gets its ass handed to them. And things only get worse after that point. It doesn't go well after Stalingrad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, land war in Asia and all that. But yeah, beyond that, yeah. too, like uh, the Russians, it's this is like the guy at the bar that tries to pick a fight with the bouncer. Yeah. And the friends are like, I don't think that's a good idea, man. This guy, you know, he got the job for a reason. Yeah. And it's like, I've taken a couple <laughs> MMA classes. I think I got He's like this. three times your size, man. <laughs> yes. There is a scar on his face bigger yeah. than your fist. Not a real tooth in his mouth at that point in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things go downhill from there. Um, and despite being, again, on paper, Antonescu, he is not a guy that has a long history of like anti-Semitic agitation. He's not a guy who I think under his own devices would have cared much in either way about kind of Nazi policies in that regard. More of a Um, hobbyist. Yeah, more of a hobbyist, but his policies against Romania's Jewish population lead to an unprecedented level of mass death in Romania. Um, and this is not the subject for this episode today. We will talk about this at some point. Antonescu probably deserves his own episode. But more Jews are murdered by the Romanian government but than by the government of any other Axis state besides Germany itself. Um, it is it it to, is a to horrifying. be fair. Japan didn't have a lot of options no, there. No. Although there are a couple of interesting cases. I mean, there, there's 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 a couple of interesting cases of Japanese officials who save Jews um, in parts of the world from the Nazis. And a, at least one interesting case of a Nazi who saves Chinese citizens from rampaging Japanese troops. It's yeah. wild. World War II, lots of, lots of neat, interesting history moments there. It's, yeah, it's like each country of doing horrendous things is like, these other guys need to calm wow. down. Kind of seems like there's some got bad guys on the Axis yeah. side. They're massacring Oof. the wrong people. So, um, yeah, it, it, Antonescu, nightmare monster, um, kills about 300,000 Romanian Jews, I think, something like that. Um, now, su- supporters of Antonescu, because he's kind of been rehabilitated by some corners of Romanian culture recently, will note that he also saved 300,000 Jewish lives by refusing to deport those people to, people to Poland when the Nazis ask. What, now, so he could kill them himself? <laughs> I'm not sure that you get credit for saving 300,000 Jewish lives when you've just killed 380,000 or so Jewish people. I, I don't it, know that. Yeah, I'm not going to really give you credit. In Vegas terms, they call that a push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's. Um, I feel I feel weird being like, look at all these lives he saved as he's massacring, um, like a city's worth of human beings. Yeah, no, so, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. No, we're no, not gonna we're, not, we're not gonna be doing that here on this show. That said, we're also not gonna be getting that into the Holocaust in Romania. Not that obviously it's a worthwhile topic, but I don't want to just like. 
you know, we should just, I'm just trying to acknowledge the extent of how bad it was. We'll talk about it in more detail at some other point. The what? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, um, Jeff, we may need to sit down and talk about that after class. <laughs> She's like, so, Wait, don't you have a history degree? I'm like, I don't know how I got it. It's yeah, but it's from through. Florida, so <laughs> they're not allowed to have books. <laughs> Diarrhea and Frank hasn't gotten approved by DeSantis yet. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as the war unraveled, resistance to Antonescu coalesced behind the scenes. And there's this alliance of like liberals and royalists led by the new king, Michael, and a guy named Julio uh, Manu, who's the, the head of the National Peasants Party who we talked about in the last episode. And they decide we're going to do a coup and get Antonescu out of here. But it's kind of useless for them to do a coup if the allies aren't going to like stop doing a war on Romania, right? Like, no, there's no the, real point in getting this guy out if they're just going to have to fight the war more. Um, I mean, so, to be fair, historically speaking, we've seen it happen where people do a coup and then they pull out of the war and they're like, well, yeah. and we're out. Yeah, but it's also, it, it, they're trying to like, make it less messy than it's other because like this the 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 russians do that right and in world war one there's you you get your revolution and then the revolutionary government kind of awkwardly winds up still at war with germany for a while and it's it's it doesn't doesn't go great um so they have this back channel to the allies and the brits who is the people they're talking with directly are like look we'd love it if you get antonescu out be real great for us but Stalin's really the guy you got to talk to because you're Romania. Um, so we are not going to be your main point of contact. What a bummer um, that they're like, hey, you know who you need to talk is uh, to is our very stable friend, Joseph yeah. Stalin. Our, our sane and totally reasonable buddy, yeah. Jay Stalin. Send Stahl. a guy. Just send a guy. Now, uh, Jay Stahl, to be fair, it, it's not an unreasonable thing. He says, hey, look, you know, if you want to work something out with us and coup this guy, that's great. It'll save me some trouble. But you got to bring the Romanian Communist Party into the coup government, right? They got to be part of it, which is, again, not an inherently unreasonable thing, except for the fact that, again, there's like 700 Romanian communists, right? So it's not a major party. Yeah, that'll take um, an afternoon to get them in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Manu, the, the National Peasants Party guy, is like, of course, look, man, we're <laughs> this is a bad situation. I'm not going to fight you over this matter. Um, but he is like, there's not really a whole lot of communists in Romania, Joseph Stalin. Who do you recommend we put in? And Stalin and the Soviets recommend a law professor named Lucretiu Patrascanu. Patrascanu, sorry. Lucretiu, I'm sorry, I did look these names up it's hard to keep them all straight. Lucretiu Petrashkinu. Um, and he and Manu, they, they plan to basically take Antonescu down by inviting him over for dinner and having the king be like, hey, Antonescu, you're under arrest now. Fuck off. Um, which is kind of a funny way to do it. Um, the classic just, Rasputin move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on yeah, over just, to this party. We got come nothing over to weird party. going on. No, no, it's fine. We just want to all hang out together in a room. It's going to be totally cool. You know how we don't agree on a lot of stuff? (laughs) Come on over to my house. Come on in a room. Leave your guards. Leave your guards. Um, And it's very funny. The coup actually works great. And there's this moment where like, they're like, hey, Antonescu, do you have a gun? And he's like, I don't need a gun. You know, my authority doesn't derive from a gun. Um, And then they're like, okay, cool. Well, you're under arrest and then we're going to have you executed. And they do. It works out great. This part works out really good for them. Should have brought that um, gun. Yeah, should have brought that gun. And and the, the National Peasants Party guy, Manu, is kind of an old man at this point. He's like, look, man, running a coup government, 
That's young man's work. So this communist, Petrashkinu, winds up being kind of the first person to take a public role in the new government. And he's actually a pretty reasonable dude, all things considered. Like, I think he handles this about as well as it could have been handled. Um, so one of the things that happens, though, is because this guy is kind of your public-facing dude and the National Peasants Party, all of the liberals who are much more numerous and the royal, like, folks who are much more numerous and actually in, like, the you would suspect be the people who would wind up in charge are all kind of scared, right? Because there's they've just cooed the other leader. There's still a bunch of German soldiers in the country, so they don't want to make too much of a public stink. Meanwhile, the communists, even though there's not many of them, these guys have been beaten and imprisoned and starved. They're all like hard sons of bitches. So the communists are like, well, why don't we just immediately take power? Um, which they do, and it works pretty well for them. They 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 get in and they basically like put themselves in a lot of positions that are going to 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 kind of give them the ability to control the direction of Romania, or at least help with that. Obviously, the fact that the uh, the Soviets are so nearby helps too. And the Romanian or the Red Army enters Romania soon after that. So the communists kind of, despite the fact that. Up until this point, there had been very few of them and they'd had no power. When World War II ends, they're kind of the preeminent power in Romania. Um, and they, Stalin, yeah. They stepped up. Yeah, they stepped up. And they have an election and Ceausescu uh, gets to practice his faking at election skills um, and, and goes about making sure that the communists win that election. Even though, again, there'd been about 700 of them in the, company prior, uh, in the country prior to, to World War II. I mean, so, to be fair... If the people that actually stepped up to rule are running for something, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the worst to be like, I mean, I guess I'll vote for the guys that actually said they well, yeah, to yeah, do it. Yeah. No, again, and it's it's not an unreasonable thing that as as Romanians in World War II, you would see the communists taking over, given everything that happened with the Nazis, and be like, maybe this will work out better. Hey, not like anything else had been working very well. Yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. the opposite of a Nazi? A communist? Yeah. All nothing right, could go wrong. Let's let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Georgiou Day, the, that um that peasant who had been like the. Uh, the, the leader of that railroad union um, that had done all those strikes that Ceausescu had helped support, he becomes one of the leaders of the country. Um, now, there's a bunch of, this is, it's more complicated than that. Anna Pocker, that other lady, is also kind of one of the people who's running Romania initially after the uh, the 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 communists kind of take over but you know you know how it goes you get your show trials you get your people start getting put in jail and locked up on bullshit charges and over the course of time George Day kind of consolidates his power one of the things that this means is that he executes this guy Petrashkinu who got the king out who helped overthrow or who not got the king out who got um Antonescu out who like overthrew the dictator, they uh, they 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 come after this guy on bullshit charges and they kill his ass. Um, it's so crazy when you, when it's just such a throwaway thing and like and then they executed that guy. And then they killed anyway, that let's guy. move on. That cool dude, <laughs> you yeah. know, that cool dude who was the communist that Stalin picked to take over. Yeah, yeah. they fucking killed his ass. Oh oh um, oh. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and, and Pocker, they get rid of Pocker. Um, it's uh, it's 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 as ugly as it usually is when a guy consolidates power. Um, it's it's but, re real end of the Godfather energy when that shit yeah. happens. And it's a gradual process. Um, and Nikolai Ceausescu is a quiet figure for most of this. He does not stick his neck out. He does not uh, try to take any big fancy jobs for himself. He sticks close to day. 
and he he kind of like just sort of keeps him as happy as possible. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote from journalist Catalin Gruya here. Under the protective wing of Day, whose favorite he had become while in prison, Ceausescu struggled, flattered, adapted, worked, and raised himself up step by step, tenaciously, stubbornly, and with a real instinct for power. At 27, he was the leader of the Communist Youth Organization, and later of the Central Committee of the Romanian Workers' Party. At 28, party instructor in Constanta and Alentia. At 29, deputy in the Grand National Assembly, after he had mobilized motorized troops in the electoral precinct to convince electors to place ballots in the urns which had already been filled by the communists ahead of time. His meteoric rise continued, culminating with his election at age 37 to the Politburo as Minister of the Interior. Now, this gave him a lot of control over what's called the Securitat, which is Romania's answer to the KGB, which means he is in a position to put people into the Securitat, the organization that is surveilling everybody in the country. Um, Sweeping out corruption. Good position to be in if you're a guy like this and everyone's kind of like well yeah we want like you want someone dumb and pliable in that job if you're not going to be running that if you're someone with power in the romanian communist infrastructure and you can't be doing that job you want a dumb person in that job right you want somebody who like you feel like is controllable and everyone kind of feels like ceausescu is just sort of this like not a very serious person, right? So they're like, yeah, give him the job. You know, what's the worst that could happen? He's not that, he's not that dangerous. No, um, no, yeah. uh, the worst that could happen is pretty rough. Yeah, the worst that could happen is about to occur. Um, but it, for a while, everyone's like, yeah, you know, at least, you know, if someone's got to have that job and it's not going to be me, it, we might as well have it be this lick spittle who kisses everybody's ass and who isn't very threatening. He's not, you know, really worth fearing. And he's not worth fearing as long as George U. Day is, is, is healthy. And, and doing good. Um, and given that he is an old-time communist street fighter who smokes like a chimney, surely he's going to live forever. <laughs> yep, that's classic. It's my classic. favorite Bob Seger song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as Nikolai climbed the ranks of the Romanian Communist Party, there's this combination of ass-kissing and convincing everyone else that he's too dumb to be a threat. His wife, Elena, experienced numerous career benefits as well. All of the different wonderful things that nepotism can provide to you. He's a so, A-plus wife guy, by the way. Oh, my God. You have never wifed a guy as hard as this guy wife's. Yeah. That's, Shout that's out to this just, guy for just being just like a good... He's like the Rob Zombie of wife guys of Romania. Just being like, I don't care what you can or can't do. I'm still giving mm-hmm. you opportunities. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I could. Given that this is Romania, I should have been able to make a Dragula joke, but um, I'm it really was, not sure how to work it out. I'm I got to be sure honest. I threw out. you a curveball with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not it's not coming to me, Jeff. It's not coming to me, and I feel ashamed for that. Um, but you at home, make your own make your own joke about yeah. Rob Zombie's hit song Dragula. Yeah. And the Romanian historical figure, Dracula, while Jeff and I listen to some ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. 
The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Ah, oh, Jeff, that that all got me pumped up. I, I got to be slam, honest, man. I'm going to yeah. consume all of the things that were just advertised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going to slam them in the back of my Dragula. Was that yeah. his car? Was that Rob Zombie's car? Well, it's the Munsters car, isn't it? Are you serious? Is that song about the Munsters? Yeah, I think Dragula is the name of their car. That's cool. It's cool because no. he wrote a cool, heavy song about the monster are you serious yeah i mean there's a reason he oh my god you're right it is based on the drag racer dragula from the monsters yeah (laughs) you want to know how i know that really well aside from the fact that i'm i I study this shit the pinball machine the monsters pinball machine has a dragula thing wow wow uh that's sad right that's kind of what a baffling piece of pop culture why did that song go so hard if it's about the monsters because rob zombie did it I guess that makes sense. It does make sense that Rob Zombie would do a song about the monsters. And he would go hard. Yeah, and he it, would yeah. he would he would go bafflingly hard with it. Speaking of bafflingly hard, Nikolai is bafflingly hard for his wife Elena, who sucks ass. Um yeah. that actually worked out pretty well. So there it is. nailed it. There we go. 
as Nikolai climbs the ranks of the party, he's he starts putting his wife in jobs. Now, at first, she's just kind of like raising their kids and stuff while he's in, you know, moving on his way up to the Politburo. But she's got this ambition to be a chemist from the time when she worked in that illegal pill mill. Um, she thinks it would be really cool to be a, to be in chemistry. So she takes starts taking college classes in chemistry, hoping that she can achieve her lifelong dream of being a serious scientist. Now, in most cases, that's a perfectly respectable thing to do. In fact, I have a lot of any any woman who could raise three kids, support her powerful husband in his career, and get a complex degree in science. That's incredibly impressive. Girl boss. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, Elena was nearly illiterate, and she had no interest in actually being taught anything by the tutors that Nikolai got for her, who become increasingly desperate with the fact that, like, oh my god, we have to we have to teach her how to be a chemist, and she does not want to read anything or like she study does not want to or be learn a things. chemist. <laughs> yeah, she wants to put on a white coat and pour things in beakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It's like, isn't it like that? I think it's a Romanian textbook there's like a romance or there's a textbook i forget what country it's in that has jesse pinkman on the cover <laughs> of their chemistry thing of him like pouring and shit uh i'm looking that up right now um yeah J- jesse pinkman textbook cover should give you exactly where it's oh, from yes. if it's no, from no, romania no, no. that's the the symmetry for that is unbelievable yeah um wait because it is just satisfying to see because you know it's just a cursory Google image search for chemist. And that one clearly has the best look because it was, you know, directed Ooh, by Vince I do Gilligan. not think that language is Romanian. Um, it's definitely not Romanian. Oh, Sri Lanka. Okay. Yep, oh, okay, yep, there yep. it is, yeah. It's uh, a shame. Um, that, w- that would have been beautiful. Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman actually is objectively a better chemist than Elena Ceausescu, um, yeah. which is unfortunate because of the job she's about to have. So uh, these tutors who are just struggling to teach her something get a brief reprieve because she's caught cheating on her exams and expelled from university in the mid-1950s. But by 1960, Nikki is in the Politburo, so you can't keep her out of university just because she's cheating and a danger to herself and everyone else around her. Uh, so he forces the scientific establishment of Romania to give his wife a job. She's made a junior technician at the Central Institute for Chemical Research, and then she gets promoted to run the institute five years later. Now, again, her credentials are was kicked out of college for cheating on her exams at this point. So I mean, five years, it's time to learn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you learn on the, you learn most of that shit on the jet, like Jesse Pinkman actually. You're going to learn most of that shit on the job anyway, right? He didn't do good in school either. He flunked out. And look at how Jesse did. You Science, know? bitch. Yeah, exactly. So she was as, as bad at this as you would expect. When her scientists would request supplies of ethyl alcohol, which is needed for a lot of experiments, she would turn them down with a note that said she knew they just wanted the alcohol to get drunk with. Now, I'm going to say this for Lilina. I'm gonna. Sh- I'm sure she wasn't wrong a hundred percent of the time. This is the this is the Eastern Bloc, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure a hundred percent of the time she wasn't wrong. Um, but what's really funny is the researchers realized that like, okay, if we request ethyl alcohol, she's gonna like really drill us and and turn us da- turn it down because she thinks we're gonna drink. So they put in the exact same request, but they used the chemical name for ethyl alcohol, and Alina would grant it every time because. She doesn't know anything about chemistry. Because she's a oh, dumb guy, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, over time, she she is aware that she doesn't know anything about chemistry, and she has imposter syndrome because she's an imposter. Because she's an imposter, yeah. Because <laughs> she's actually an imposter. Look, imposter syndrome is not always wrong. Some people who have imposter syndrome are imposters. And Alina starts avoiding actual chemists, you know, the people she's managing, because conversations with them would inevitably reveal she had no idea what she was doing. My favorite example of this was how she pronounced CO to calling it kutu or kodoi in in romanian right so she 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 wouldn't call it kutu but like she called it kodoi which is the equivalent of calling co2 kutu right because she's just kind of sounding it out because she doesn't know how you're supposed to read um chemical names now kodoi in romanian is a slang term or it's at least close to a slang term for someone who has a huge ass Right, like it's it's like a dump truck ass, like Kadoi. That's kind of what that means. Thank you. So since Elena herself has kind of a big butt, again, this is what historians will say. Um, her scientists started calling her Kadoi behind her back, like big ass, basically. <laughs> um, she so got that's, that cake. That's nice. Yeah, she's caked she's, up. she's she's she is caked up. She's uranium um, caked up, baby. Yeah. Well, please don't let her around the uranium. That would have gone very badly for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have had a Chernobyl incident. Yeah. So like most incompetent people who wind up at the heads of co- large complex organizations, Elena decided to focus her efforts on the one thing she knew how to do, which was deny people resources in order to save money, right? With a She's, big old ass. Yeah, yeah, you swagger in with that big butt and start cutting money. Um, it is kind of the thing that if you don't know anything about an organization and you're promoted to lead it, just start trimming the budget, you know? Um, you can always make it look like you know what you're doing then, and you can fuck with the people who are actually good at their jobs. This is not a thing that you or I or any of the people we've ever worked with have had experience with ever in our careers. Um, not once. It, it only happens in communist states, so that's right. good. It's good that we are immune from that here. Now, this basically drives all Romanian efforts in the chemical sciences into the ground, and it stymies basically all of their progress on chemistry and shit. Uh, but her institute did spend less money over time, so that's good. Um, probably, probably worthwhile. Now, it's the Roger pers- Corman of chemistry labs. They're yeah. just like, look, we're making it at a mm-hmm. low budget. You say that, but I'm waiting for the James Cameron uh, to to appear in this story. There's the we we, we still don't have that here, uh, probably because Alina would have had him purged. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe that would have been for the best. It would have would have would have saved us that whole period of time in which everyone thought 3D TVs were going to be a thing. I'm sorry, but I will not sacrifice true lies. No, yeah, that is that is true lies. Uh, Strange days. The Terminator you know. films. Oh, he was involved in those, huh? That's interesting. Um, I, I wonder if people know that. We're talking so, James Cameron, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just okay. All yeah. right, I got so, really confused, and I'm like, did I say a wrong name? <laughs> this, no, no, no. This is David so, Fincher, and I'm like, you know, he did Terminator too. I do kind of want to see David Fincher's Terminator too. That would be something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in person, Alina was extremely antisocial and quick to anger. She was jealous of any of the other Politburo wives that she thought were more attractive than her, and she preferred to spend her time avoiding social engagements altogether. She was disgusted with the other wives because they were traditional homemakers, whereas she had a career of her own. Now... <laughs> The fact that her career was an absolute sham does not seem to have upset Alita. It is also worth noting that she was a pretty piss poor mother. Um, yeah. Look, but some with a people good ass. 
<laughs> with with well with a large ass. Um, that's that everything like it. That's all up to up to personal uh, up to yeah, personal judgment. Um, so Niku Ceausescu, her son, born in 1951, was the baby of the family, and from the jump seemed to realize that his parents' position made him untouchable. He was disruptive in school. He threatened teachers and classmates. No one could discipline him. He would just start punching teachers and students whenever he got angry because, you know, his dad is helping to run the country. Nobody can actually punish him. It's a good situation. We call this like the, uh, we call this the uh, Uday and Kuse route, right? That's kind of where, if if you believe, now, I'll, I'll say this, a lot of our sources on Niku Ceausescu come from a guy who defects from the country after running the secret police. So there's some debate over how accurate all this is, because maybe he has a vested interest in making the family sound worse than they were. That that said, the idea that Niku Ceausescu would be a violent asshole, um, not a not a big stretch either. So I don't know, you know, grain of salt. Um, according to this guy who later defects, who we will talk about later, at age 14, Niku rapes one of his classmates. Um, at age 15, he gets his first boat and he drunk drives it uh, before he gets his first car at 16, at which point he becomes one of the leading causes of car accidents in the capital of Bucharest. Because um, he is just a you know, he's 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 a dictator's son, right? This is all pretty standard dictator's kid yeah, stuff. It's you know, um, golden golden weapons and and you know, side palaces and shit. Yeah, he doesn't have the panache of Uday and Kuse, so he's not, I don't know, firing a golden machine gun into a crowd at a party. Um, but he is crashing his car constantly. So he's got that he's got that good Assad energy, the Assad kid who fucking killed himself in his car, drunk driving. Um, he's, he's that kind of dictator's son, as opposed to more of the, more of the Udeus, Udeish, Udeesque variety. So for the first decade or so that communist Romania is doing its thing, the Soviet Union keeps a bunch of soldiers in country, right? Because, you know, they want to make sure things keep going, keep going in a direction they're comfortable with. Now, this means that for a while, Romania's Communist Party is a subservient branch of the party in Moscow. Georgiou Day, who's running the country, and his Politburo are not happy about this, especially once Stalin dies and Khrushchev takes power, because Khrushchev kind of repudiates some of the stuff that Stalin had done, right? He gives this speech where he's like, hey, you know what? Everything Stalin did wasn't perfect. Um, you know what it was? Is- Georgiou Day. Where I read the Uday part. Oh, 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 George Uday. Yeah, George yeah. Uday. Yeah. George Uday. Um, yeah. That's that is my personal headcanon like fantasy fiction mashup between George Bush and Uday Hussein. Um mainly or actually no, you know, that's that yeah, that's the that's that's what I'm shipping them together, right? That's what you'd call it. We we ship them, yeah. We ship Yeah, we yeah, ship. yeah. Ship George Bush and Uday Hussein. Somebody somebody get some fan art going. Use that chat GPT, make it real horny. And make sure they're both caked up in honor of Elena. Just yeah. just huge asses on both Uday and George Bush a, a and nice, just yeah. sweaty grinding Elena against ass. each other. Mm-hmm. On get George, him in there. Yeah. And then you George could have Bush. George H.W. Bush and Saddam Hussein looking down on them both from heaven. Mm-hmm. Smiling, smiling, proud. Weird. As they George both ended Bush, up in heaven. As George Bush paints Uday, done up like the, the chick from Titanic, but instead of the heart of the ocean, it's a golden AK-47. Somebody do this. You know, you've got, you've got, it's perfect, perfect opportunity for We're some AI We're giving you gold porn. in AK-47s yeah. here. 
Yeah. And do it do it AI wise so everyone has really fucked up unsettling hands. Yeah. George and Bush has people... like three long fingers painting. It'll be great. Oh. And so I'll we, be able to call you a loser on the internet for doing that. Let's uh let's get a t-shirt out. I mean, that's up to Sophie. Sophie, make the merch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I think this'll she's still there. I'm here. Only if the people demand it. I think the people are going to demand it. <laughs> not that's you. What I want. Not you. People. As of now, that's a hundred percent demand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. As, as a Stalinist, Day is not thrilled by the fact that Khrushchev has repudiated uh, some of the stuff that Stalin did. Um, so they're all kind of figuring how can we get a little bit more autonomy from the USSR? How can we get these soldiers out of our country? How can we kind of like take actual control for ourselves? In 1956, protests in Hungary boil up into an uprising, which is again, right next to Romania. Now that includes the destruction, like in these protests in Hungary, they destroy a bunch of statues of Stalin in Budapest. Um, Unrest spreads widely from there and it reaches Romania by October of that year. You know, the way protests do. You get protests in one capital, they move over to the other, soon. And I'm going to quote in a, from a write-up by the Wilson Center here. On the 29th of October, railway men in Bucharest held a protest meeting calling for improved conditions of work. And in Niasi, there were street demonstrations in support of better food supplies. An exceptionally poor harvest had drastically cut food production in queues in Bucharest, and the other main towns were commonplace. Georgiou Day and a Romanian delegation cut short a visit to Yugoslavia on the 28th of October to address the crisis. Thousands of arrests were made in the centers of protest, especially among students who participated in meetings in the Transylvanian capital of Cluj and Timisoara. One of the largest meetings took place in Bucharest. On the 30th of October, the Timisora, Oradia, and Iasi regions were placed under military rule as Soviet troops were brought in across the Romanian border in the east and concentrated on the frontier with Hungary in the west. Important question. Did that postpone trick-or-treating? I don't think there's a lot of trick-or-treating going on in Georgiou Day's Romania. Um, But so so many Draculas. That's the time for Draculas. It it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. Um, but I think it's interesting here. One of the things you're seeing, Georgiou Day is a railway man, like, like was the guy organizing an illegal railway union and spent a shitload of his life in prison for doing so. And now that he's in charge, he's cracking down on protests by railway men and throwing a bunch of them in prison. Always fun how that keeps happening. Cyclical. Um, life is, yeah, it's the it's, circle of life. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful in its own way. Um, it's the wheel of fortune. Yeah, yeah. Or it's the flat circle thing. So yeah. the Hungarian crisis concludes when Soviets sent tanks into Budapest to crush the uh, crush the uprising. And this actually, the Romanian Communist Party is going to benefit from this hugely because Soviet troops helped them stop protests in their own capital from turning into a, an uprising. And the fact that the Romanian regime is so supportive of crushing these protests means the USSR is like, well, we can't trust Hungary because we just had to send in tanks here, but we can trust Romania. And so now the Romanian Communist Party and George Uday are like, hey, you know, we don't need all these troops in our country, Khrushchev. You know, you, you guys, you guys need those dudes in Hungary. Why don't you send all those troops to Hungary and and we'll take care of Romania? You know, we could we can keep a lock on things ourselves. Um, so in this works, the Soviets withdraw troops from Romania, uh, and as a result, Romania is going to have a lot more autonomy than other countries um, who are kind of in the Warsaw Pact in the region are going to have in this period of time. So in 1965, Georgiou Day gets sick with uh, lung cancer, which is a huge surprise. 
days uh, for a for a communist dictator in the 1960s to have lung cancer. Just absolutely yeah. shocking stuff. It's because because that was back when cigarettes were really good for you. Yeah, this is back when doctors recommended them. You know, he's he's smoking the the good ones. He's smoking the uh, the Lucky Strikes, which which I'm yeah. sure every yeah every doctor like, listening. Plus, is the air by. quality was general. Like the air quality was roughly the same as like a cigar lounge. Yeah, yeah. The way they would do it is they would just light giant piles of lead on fire uh, every time you bought gasoline in celebration. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what we were all doing. It's why they're everyone like, they like grew we up found in the these, '60s these has such a good that, brain. They're like, we found these rocks that radiate heat, mm-hmm. so we've been just hovering around them mm-hmm. like that one episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Um. So George Uday gets his ass some lung cancer. Um. And and it's he's the whoever it becomes clear that like whoever is going to inherit power from him is going to inherit a really centralized, strong state in Romania that's more independent than basically any of the other countries in the Soviet bloc other than Yugoslavia. I mean, whether or not you want to anyway, whatever it's it, 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 it's it's a lot of power who, that who coming into whoever takes over for this guy, um, and because he had been such a private man effectively, right? He was number one in total power, but he was also, because he was in power, able to hide the fact that he was sick until the signs of the fact that he had terminal cancer got too obvious to ignore. I like so, that Ch- you read that like a baseball stat. You're like, you know, he was actually number one in total power. Yeah. He, like he's Mark very- McGuire in 1998. <laughs> He was the Mark McGuire of uh, of of the Warsaw Pact. A lot of people, right, uh, right down to the to well, I mean, cigarettes were steroids for 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 dictators. Yeah, for, yeah if is, if you're a member of a of a of a communist dictatorship, you're yeah, you're really you, the performance enhancing cigarettes really get through you. I guess we'd probably say that Tito was the Nolan Ryan, just because I think he probably could have cold cocked anybody else in the Warsaw Pact if he had to. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. longevity. Yeah, and longevity. longevity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really did stay in there a while. Nolan Ryan throwing 103 <laughs> miles an hour when he's 44 years old. That's something. That is Tito energy, yeah. yeah. So Ceausescu, you know, the fact that, so first off, like all of these other guys, because everyone in the Politburo, right, either has someone else that they want to take over for Georgiou Day or wants that job themselves, um, but they don't realize he's sick until he's very close to death. Now, Ceausescu Again, he's the ass kisser. So he's in there daily. He's seeing George Uday all the time. He's talking <laughs> like, to him all the time. Hey, man, how he, you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How you feeling? Hey, you feeling looking, good uh, you looking like you're losing weight, man, and hair, yeah. Yeah. and some skin. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, seem to be, you seem to be wasting away more. <laughs> yeah. You want to sign this piece of paper real quick? Don't ask yeah. about it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. So um, all of these other guys kind of suddenly find themselves scrambling to figure out how to set themselves up for the post-Georgiou Day world, whereas Ceausescu knows exactly what's going on. Uh, And I'm going to quote from Paul Kenyon again here. The list of possible successors was short. The nine-member Politburo was hardly overburdened with talent. Five of them had barely completed elementary school, and three were former rail workers from Georgiou Day's union days who had been elevated for loyalty not literacy. Not only had George Uday purged the upper echelons of the party, he'd impoverished the entire country with his anti-intellectual policies. Children of political detainees were denied a university education. Their extended families were considered stigmatized. Schools were barred from teaching critical thought. Academics were regularly arrested and detained. All this was designed to eradicate opposition, but had inadvertently starved the Romanian Communist Party of even moderately capable minds. You know... So maybe don't 
purge people who know how to do things um, from your. Although it does make it easier to stay in power, so it really it's it's a it's a tough situation that they were in. Um, yeah, yeah, that that kind of happens when somebody withers away and dies. Yeah, is surrounded by morons. Yeah, this is this is actually a version. I mean, it's interesting because George Uday is a Stalinist. This is basically the same kind of thing that happens. It's a little less severe, right? The the Politburo that kind of Stalin uh, leaves behind are more capable than the guys that George Uday had around him. Um, but yeah, it is. It's interesting, kind of some of the similarities here. But you know who else has carried out? a series of anti-intellectual purges in order to ensure that no one capable can force them from their position of power. Pol Pot? Pol Pot, who is the primary sponsor of this podcast. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, no, no, we got the big Pol Pot. Is uh, it a cookware? It's a cookware company? (laughs) Pol Pot's Pots, yeah. (laughs) He's selling cast iron skillets, and you do not want to see what happens if you wash one of them with soap. (laughs) It's either that or it's like some clever weed brand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It'll make you so stupid you'll be mm -hmm, mm anti-intellectual. Just go ahead and if you've got some of this weed, just throw your glasses away. You don't need them. Um, it'll, I don't know. I don't know how to I keep making pole. Welcome to the smoking fields, everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, who boy. You'll be, yeah. You'll be stoned <laughs> out of your skull. Let's, uh, let's get, let's break to ads now. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker 
retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Oh, we're back and we're we're talking Pol Pot. Um, well, no, we're not. We're talking the end of George Uday's time in charge of the Romanian Communist Party. So we're joking about Pol Pot. We're talking about yeah, other stuff. Just I having like a that couple Jeff of was Pol like, Pot this episode yucks. isn't horrible enough. Pol Pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring a little bit of Pol Pot in there. So <clears throat> let's have a holiday there, in uh, Romania. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, now there are only three veteran members of the Politburo who had any degree of competence, um, but all of them had what the party considered to be unhealthy origins. One of them is German, another is Ukrainian, and the third is Bulgarian. Uh, and as Catalin Gruya notes, the three prerequisites for the future leader were one, to be Romanian, two, to be an activist, and three, to be part of the working class. So no one in power likes Nikolai or considers him a good choice to replace Georgie, but Nikki had maneuvered himself into an incredible position, um, and it was one that surprised his colleagues. His job in the P Politburo at this point was Secretary for Organization and Cadres, and this is kind of a boring job. It's pretty low prestige within the Politburo jobs, but it provides him with this opportunity to make a lot of little decisions about who's in position where, who's booking the boss's schedule every day, right? Who gets to like set George Day's schedule, all these different people, who's working in his house. He's kind of picking all of these low-level functionaries, and it turns out when that's your job, when your job is to hook a bunch of people up with these little jobs that determine everything about the boss's life, you kind of control the boss's life, especially when he's dying of cancer and doesn't have as much wherewithal as he used to have. Um, so because Nikki is in charge of the people making the boss's schedule, Nikki effectively has control over who gets to visit George Day every day. And once the man gets sick, Nikki's able to exercise near total control over who sees the boss and when. The last weeks of George Uday's life were a constant series of Politburo members trying to get him to confirm his successor, and Ceausescu being like, nah, he's sick today, he doesn't want to talk politics, don't, uh, come around another day, you know? You, you just gotta let him, let him chill out. Um, and Ceausescu's doing this because he knows he's in the best position, he's a Romanian, you know, he's got peasant credentials, he's the best positioned to take over for, for, for George Uday, and so if he can just kind of keep the others away from him and stop them from getting him to agree to make someone else's successor, he's got a pretty good shot of getting the job. Now, George Uday, despite his illness, realizes what Nikki's doing, and he sees it as a major threat to the country. And this is kind of a thing that happens with Lenin and Stalin, right? When Lenin's on his last legs, he's like, I don't really think this Stalin guy is a good job to, to follow me up. I think this could go badly. Trotsky's like, excellent point. I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's how that went. So 
In snatched conversations with old comrades, he warns of Nikolai's feverish maneuverings, but the boss has already been outmaneuvered himself. While half the Politburo is angling to try and get Georgie to make a selection, Nikolai is getting the other half to line up behind him. And he promises them, hey guys, you know me, I'm a blank slate, right? You could just make me do whatever, I'll do anything you want, you know, I, it's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be your guy. I'm a, I'm a fun time guy. I just want the title, you know? You guys will be the power behind Behind the throne. I just want the title. Um, yeah. I'm and, just a uh, fun time and guy. Ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Again, Georgiou Day has pretty systematically purged anyone, most of the people who are good at things. So all of the other Politburo guys are like, well, this seems reasonable. Why would he lie about this? <laughs> Why would somebody in a position of power lie? It's yeah. like, dude, what, what war do you think you just lived through? <laughs> yeah. You are surrounded at all sides by wild liars. <laughs> Uh, so this works incredibly well for Ceausescu. The boss dies on March 19th, 1965, and Ceausescu is shortly thereafter confirmed as Prime Secretary of the Romanian Socialist Republic, uh, which is a new term. They'd been using other terms for their leaders before that. He decides, I'm going to pick a new title, you know, new guy at 47. I think he's the youngest leader in Europe at the time when he when he gets power. Um, hey, and certainly very young. kissing ain't the worst thing out there, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, he's doing good. And these guys, everyone else kind of running communist countries in, in Europe at this point in time is a lot older. He's he's young, he's considered handsome. He's, a, he's the JFK of communism, right? That is actually kind of how he's viewed when he takes power. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and to be fair, he does pretty well at first. You actually wouldn't be, there were not initially warning signs that like this was gonna be yeah. worse than kind of anything yeah. going on around him, right? It's like, hey, this guy, he's not gonna do like a like a genocide or anything, right? Like, Yeah, not purposefully. So <laughs> despite being essentially, he is a, an old fashioned Stalinist. He's pretty consistent about being a Stalinist, particularly like economically most of his career. Um, but he supports a lot more liberalization than Georgiou Day had allowed. He opens up some space for private enterprise. Mostly what he does is he kind of opens up space for foreign trade, which means Western music's getting in, right? People are getting to listen to like rock and roll and that kind of stuff, which is cool. Some movies and some TV is getting in um, and that makes people really happy. He also provides a little bit more space for public speech. He allows newspapers, you can't criticize the system, but you can kind of poke around at edges of like certain programs that might not work well. It's a lot more than they'd had, right? Under George yeah. Uday, because it's a pretty pretty strict system under him. So he he liberalizes quite a lot. And people are really optimistic. This is actually considered a lot of Romanians. It was like, it was not a bad time, you know? Um, there's there's plenty of food. Uh, people are like, the the state was actually doing a decent job of taking care of people. It's, yeah, it, seems, it seems good. Everything's going to be fine let's stop forever. there. Like, that's yeah. it. That's the <laughs> show. Let's stop there. <laughs> just a, just a pretty these... cool breeze of a dude. <laughs> None of these guys ever stop there. Right. Um and part of why things are good is that he kind of wants, he's part, part of one of the things Ceausescu's doing is like, like anyone who takes power in a system like this, you got to consolidate it next, right? You got to push out your rivals. You got to jail some people. You got to force them out of their jobs so you can take total power. And you don't want to be cracking down on the people while that's going on, right? You want to keep them happy while you're taking power. And so that's kind of 
part of what he's doing in this period of time. And in fairly short order, he forces out all of these guys who'd agreed to vote for him to take power. He pushes them out of their jobs, right? Um, some of this he does, he, he opens an investigation into the purges that had been carried out by George Day. That dude, Patronascu, who had forced the, uh, an, who had taken out Antonescu, he, uh, he does an investigation into that guy's execution. And obviously, Ceausescu had helped with that, right? He had been a part of killing that guy and purging all of these people. But now he's being like, yeah, we're going to look into this. That was really bad. We got to get these bad actors out of here. You know, yeah, it's like when the police are like, we're going to have like, an internal investigation like on this massacre mm-hmm. that we yeah. did. Well, yeah. it turns out we found out we did nothing wrong. So, yeah, it was just those five guys <laughs> who happened to be rivals to my yeah. power. So who, eight hundred million dollars more, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, it's it's very much that sort of thing. Um and while he does this, he also supports a drive towards Romanian nationalism. And he's he's going to back anything that he thinks will make people feel an identity separate from the Soviet Union. And one of the because again, while he's he is a strong communist uh, by this point, and and so is obviously the Romanian Communist Party is a communist party, that doesn't mean that they're like want to be part of Russia. Right. This is actually a big thing for a lot of countries in the Warsaw Pact. And Romania has this, as we've talked about, this kind of long history of being oppressed and attacked by their neighbors. So they don't he doesn't want and obviously it's bad for his own personal power, too, if everyone in Romania feels like, ah, we're just a satellite of Russia. So he starts backing. He starts like really supporting a series of like books and uh, uh, kind of questionable historical tracts about guys like Vlad Dracula and the Emperor Trajan, who he kind of turns into a Romanian. Um, and what's really funny is like while they while he's kind of backing guys like Dracula and Emperor Trajan, they have to be framed as proto-socialist, right? They're not communists, obviously, because communists didn't exist back when Dracula's walking around. No. But you have to say that, like, Dracula actually, when you think about it, was like a pre-socialist leader. You know, he had a lot of these tendencies that, we, that we've now figured out as communists. And, like, the Emperor Trajan, classic proto-socialist, right? Yeah. Really was big about redistribution of wealth. Yeah, what a weird, um, what a weird person to try to reframe the narrative Yes, the on. Emperor Trajan, socialist, the people's yeah. hero. Yeah, it's like, you know who actually was a good person? Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. talk about how great she was. Mm-hmm. She's she loved actually, unions. Couldn't get enough of unions. Yeah, she, she was real, just a union darling, really. Yeah. Um, so obviously all of this was was very questionable from a historic standpoint. But again, why is anyone going to complain? For one thing, at least you're getting to read more books now. You know, more the papers are out there. You're getting some music. Um, life is pretty good. Uh, what, now, what do you think what, the most popular song was when they're hitting what 1965 um i know i don't think know if it's in 65 quite yet but uh the fucking stones were pretty popular in romania oh, hell um, yeah yeah i mean obviously um the romanian stones yeah <laughs> i cannot um, get no satisfaction <laughs> it's just like the beach boys because it is the 60s i'm sure the beach boys yeah. are fucking blowing up out there um, right. Surfing, oh, yeah. surfing yeah. USA, big popular mm-hmm. song in Romania. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> Rom- Romania's famous surf culture. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they really get heavily into like that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Romania had been one of the major breadbaskets of the region. Um, it, it it was actually the Soviet Union back when they were still kind of occupying the country. Their pitch to the Romanian Communist Party was like, "Hey, we'll do all this industrializing. You guys basically grow all of the food for the Warsaw Pact, right? That'll why don't we just do it that way?" And the George Day had kind of been like. Well, no, I'm a I'm a I'm a railway union man. I want to industrialize too. I don't want us to just be your garden, basically. So he uh, had industrialized the comp- the country pretty rapidly. And one of the reasons why a lot of Romanians suspected that he'd been because uh, because there's this this conspiracy theory develops that he had gotten cancer because the Russians had poisoned him because he was so independent. I don't know how likely this is. There's a lot of reasons why George Uday might have gotten cancer. Um, but anyway, <laughs> there's a, a- yeah. A myriad <laughs> yeah, of reasons. Uh, not hard to get to cancer out. being that guy. Yeah. Um, Ceausescu, also, though. I would. I will add that Romania, uh, I looked up some of their number one songs, and they. it looks like they only charted like the international stuff around 95 that I saw yeah, quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. First one that shows up is, is You Are Not out. Alone by Michael Jackson. Oh, that's nice. It's like mostly American stuff. It's, it's, surprisingly, yeah. it's surprisingly close to what you would think of. If yeah, it was like a, as, it was like chart. the top charts in yeah the United States. I know that Ceausescu's favorite TV show is Kojak, um, because I love Kojak, it, baby. yeah, Kojak can just shoot anybody he wants, and Ceausescu identifies with that. There's um, a, Telly Savalas wrote a book I think about getting ass, which I think is just really hilarious. Like it's just a way to get ass. Wait, what? And I'm I'm super into that. The idea that Kojak was writing a how to pick up women. um yeah it's interesting it's always interesting like when you look at kind of these countries while they are under communism what american tv shows are really popular i think it was hungary where um oh what's its name the uh the the peter falks show um colombo Colombo. Colombo was like huge, I believe, in Hungary, where it was like people were absolutely out of their fucking minds for Colombo, which makes sense. Not against Colombo. Isn't that weirdly enough? I think that's one of the main points of WandaVision. Oh, is it? So like if you saw WandaVision on Disney Plus, the whole point of it was that she, you know, where she grew up was clearly the Eastern Bloc. And they just like they had these old dvds of old sitcoms Uh, i've talked to a couple of people like there were um like folks who grew up in countries where like the simpsons was illegal who would get like smuggled simpsons dvds where like one person you would just have some like random lady who would read in the local language like over who would basically do these like underground dubs of shows like the simpsons and how it's it it, like even now that they have access to the show as it actually is the voices sound wrong because it's like well no i grew up with like like vlad from the village over was the guy who did the voice of there was like this there's a documentary about the woman yeah, that yeah, did yeah, that, right? Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's all it's I, I love this kind of like weird culture bits like that. It's always really interesting. It's kind of like how you had I mean one of my favorite stories from um uh Castro's Cuba is that during the AIDS outbreak um there was like there were basically punks who you know, a lot of, there was heavy restrictions on what music you could listen to and what music you could play. And so you had these punks who realized that like, well, if we get AIDS, the government will put us in these like basically medical facilities where because we're all dying, 
there's not the same kind of restrictions. So if we just infect each other with HIV, we can play and listen to whatever music we want. Um, it's That's, a it's a fucking. There was an NPR documentary about that it. That is not the back. most far sighted way. I, don't, I think that's about the most punk rock anything could oh, be. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say punk rock is something that is not short-sighted. As well, well, yeah, that's probably fair, like, given the lifespans of a lot yeah, of those guys. Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. the, the crust punk lifestyle is not mm-hmm. designed to make it to, to you know, you're not going to die of old age. If you're, yeah. if you're like really, like, but, you know who I love? Gigi Allen. Important to note, Ceausescu, through none of this period, is not listening to to, to punk music. He is, however, watching Kojak. It is interesting that, like, the dictator of Romania's favorite TV show is a fucking cop show. Um, yeah. Uh, a uh, Greek cop. Per- perhaps not surprising. Um, so, yeah, Ceausescu has this plan to continue Georgiou Day's policy of industrializing Romania. He wants to build it into this consumer goods mecca. His plan is to turn Romania, instead of it being a breadbasket, and Romania is very well suited to produce a shitload of high quality food, he wants it producing consumer goods, appliances, refrigerators and televisions, all sorts of electronics that can then be sold all throughout Europe, including Western Europe. Now, doing this, Romania, not a huge country, he's going to need a bigger population. If you want to be an industrial nation, you need an, a lot of workers. So in order to provide this needed base of industrial workers, Nikolai and Elena calculate that the country should shoot for a population of 20 million people. Now, what's the best way to incentivize basically doubling the population of your country? Well, first, you got to make sure people don't have condoms. And then you have to ban abortion. And you know what? You might as well just make it illegal to provide much of anything in the way of sex ed or contraceptives. Just just get rid of all that, and people will naturally make more of themselves. Now, there's some consequences to this. Um, for example, the fact that over time, a huge number of Romanian women seek abortions anyway, but they don't have access to decent medical care. Uh, or information about their bodies that would allow them to do that in anything that even approaches a safe way. And so during the time that Nikolai and Elena are in power, between 10 and 20,000 Romanian women die due to botched abortions. Um, so that's hmm. pretty bad. Yeah. Not going to help the population. Well, overall, I mean, they do reach their population goal. We will talk yeah. more in another episode about the other things that happen as they reach like, their population goal. I do like the goal. idea that his goal was just like, you know, why don't we become like Japan? Yeah. And it's like, just, I don't I think they got a lot of assistance from America in that regard mm-hmm. that yeah. you're not getting in Romania. Yeah, you're not going to get that in Romania. You know, you don't have, all, there's a lot of things that like, maybe you shouldn't immediately assume that you can go from zero to like producing everybody's televisions when yeah, there's yeah, a lot of competition yeah. for that role. And yeah. Yeah. Getting a Magna box or a Sorny, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's not going to work out well. A lot of, none of this is going to work out well, but you know, in the early kind or in the mid to late sixties, while you still have this, I mean, this, this abortion policy is pretty nightmarish and that's going to cause a lot of suffering. You could be forgiven. As they all especially tend to be. Yeah. 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 If you're living in Romania, you could be forgiven for thinking, well, shit, this is actually kind of working out okay. Right. 
Um, and that's that's the point at which we're going to end right now on an up note, aside from the 10 to 20,000 people who die in a nightmarish totalitarian anti-abortion policy. That's called um, dipping your toes into the pool, baby. Yeah, dipping your toes into the pool. And we will come back and we will talk about what happens when Ceausescu dips a little bit more of himself into the pool. But first, Jeff... Who are you, Jeff? Where do you come hey, from? Oh, good. Where this did you part, come from? This is the part Where people wait for. Where did you go, Cotton uh, Eye Jeff? Well, well, you know, I'm I'm a comedian and podcaster. Uh, the one thing I will say is that if you are in the New England area and you want to see me performing live, I'm going to be doing one show uh, Wednesday, February 22nd at Redemption Rock Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's my one show that I do out there, uh, limited tickets, but it's a great stand-up show. And I, I love doing stand-up, and I get I don't get to do it enough, so I'm very happy to do that. You can also see me live the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in beautiful Burbank, California for my show Mint on Card. Mm. Yeah. I love Burbank. Podcast-wise, God, you can. I got a lot of good ones. I got Jeff Has Cool Friends, which you can hear uh, for free anywhere, but you can get early uh, access to uncensored episodes with bonus content at patreon.com slash Jeff May, one word. You also have access to shows like Nerd with Dre Alvarez, uh, which is a nerdy deep dive podcast. You can do shows like Ugg Fine, me with Kim Crawl. That's monthly. Uh, you can go to Gamefully Unemployed, and you can hear Tom and Jeff watch Batman with Tom Ryman, who's been a guest of the show a million times. Um, you can check that out. You can also check out You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people that hate sports and unpopular opinion, both on the Unpops Network with Adam Todd Brown. Um, other than that, I'm around. You can find me yeah. on social media. Yeah. You I can love, find Jeff on social that. media. That was so thorough. Yeah. That was very thorough. That is um, what happens when you do these plugs seven times a week. <laughs> you did it. And you can find me next to Jeff waiting for him to get sick and die so that I can take over for him. I have been much like too much time. I'm, I'm going to be the Ceausescu of Jeff May. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's going to be good. And then I'm going to turn Jeff's apartment into a manufacturing hub for, for <laughs> Southern California. What's we're gonna happen all my toys. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, books. we're gonna melt them down and turn them into those big old style TVs, the ones oh, that yeah. weighed like seven hundred pounds, the ones That's with like a radon tube in the back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. the ones that are like eighty percent of a nuclear bomb. Like yeah. you, you basically have a dirty bomb if the yeah. TV goes out. That's the kind of TV that has that fizzy static on it when it's mm -hmm. been off for the whole time. Yeah, yeah, the one that glows at night, and you just wonder—is it—is there something always going on in there? Yeah, well, God, there I miss old TVs. There's something in this TV. It's humming mm, all the time, mm, unplugged, yeah. still humming. Yeah, the one that could kill a family of four if it fell over while you were eating your fucking uh, 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 TV Swanson dinners. Yeah. Um, God, things were so much better in the '90s. Well, we'll be back on Thursday, everybody. Behind the Bastards is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. 
That's better, H-E-L-P dot com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.